Hello everyone, welcome to Knox Bedtime Stories 50,000 Download Edition. I'm your friend Joey, here with another episode to help you relax, feel safe, and fall asleep. Tonight, we're going to continue with chapters 5 and 6 of Eva's Adventures in Shadowland. For patrons, I uploaded The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, chapters 12 and 13, so we're a little more than halfway done with that book. I wanted to come on here and congratulate everyone on 50,000 downloads, over 15,000 hours of listens on top of that. We're still looking for lots more Patreon supporters for added content to help those that struggle at bedtime get a good night's sleep. If you'd like to become a patron, you can do so at KnoxBedtimeStories.com and click on the Join Patreon button or Patreon.com forward slash KnoxBedtimeStories. This podcast is great for anyone looking to hear a safe, calming bedtime story at night, set to music in a relaxing ambient fireplace. If you get around to it at some point, please click the Facebook page link at KnoxBedtimeStories.com and click us a thumbs up there. We're just a few away from having a normal page name. When you get into bed, say to yourself, My bedroom is a place of peace and relaxation. When I enter this room and crawl into bed at night, today's thoughts naturally begin to soften. My burden lightens and sleep is coming. Right now, nothing matters except you, me, this beautiful fireplace, and the warm safe bed, couch, or floor you're laying on. Tonight, we're going to start off with our good news story. Yes, believe it or not, there is still good news stories going on in the world right now. This is titled, Fifth Grader Creates Kindness Closet for Students in Need. A fifth grader at Shreve Elementary in Ohio created a kindness closet to help students in need. Anderson Andy Musser said a friend confided in her that she wished she had some girls' clothing to wear to school. I went to my closet and got the clothes and shoes that I had outgrown, Andy told the Daily Record. I gave them to her at school the next day, and she was really happy. After gifting her friend clothes, Andy couldn't stop thinking about how great it felt to help someone in need. She realized what a difference that made for her friend, said Jessica Musser, Andy's mother. That was so easy to do. She asked, can we do this for more people? She took the initiative at that point. So Andy approached her principal with her idea to create a kindness closet, a place students can visit during the school day, to shop for a new or gently worn garment. She came to me, and I said, Yup, let's do it, Principal Adam Stein said. Andy asked local stores for donations. Dick's Sporting Goods, Everything Rubbermaid, Goodwill, Kohl's, and Mission. Thrift all pitched in. It's great for Andy to see her vision come true, Principal Stein said. 
It's part of our culture here at Shreve and Triway. Proud is an understatement for sure. It's what every principal and parent would want their kid to do, to put others first. And those are the key words right there, put others first. Let's get to tonight's bedtime story. Set the sleep-inducing music in this beautiful fireplace. If you're not already laying down, please do so in whatever way is comfortable. And let's begin. What Aster Was For several days, the two, Ava and Aster, wandered through the forest with no object in view, and returned every evening to rest upon the soft, mossy bed which now covered the place where the golden fountain had once played. The scarlet berries of the vines surrounding it gave them food. The young moon floating in the sky gave them light, for while she shone, it was their day, when suddenly, as she arose, she would drop from the center of the sky. Then came their night, and the hours of her absence were spent in sleep. So, at stated intervals, the moon sprang suddenly from the earth, shone there, replacing the faint earth light which, during her absence, had guided Eva, and which still shone when she was not to be seen. Then, after her hours were over, she was suddenly descended, and her rising and her setting were alike accompanied by the same weird music which had heralded her first coming, though its notes were fainter than those which had hailed the rising of the young new moon. But every time that the new moon returned, it seemed to Eva that she grew brighter and larger and that she shed more light upon the earth. And as the light grew brighter, pale white flowers began to here and there bloom. Flowers which drooped close to their petals as soon as the moon fell from the sky. Flowers which, as Eva thought, murmured a low song as she passed them, yet a song whose words she never could distinguish. And at last, she noticed that at the silver crescent of the moon broadened, the slight form of Aster seemed to grow and to expand, so that she had no longer the tiny doll-like figure, which she had taken from the fountain's crest, but more like a boy of four years old. Yet this change, although it was singular, was only a source of pleasure to the child. It gave her a companion, not merely a plaything, for until now she had looked upon Aster in that light. Something which, though it could talk, walk, sleep, and eat, was only a new toy to be taken care of and prized as such. She had never looked upon Aster otherwise. At last, when the moon had reached her first quarter, and the two, enjoying her pure light, sat on their mossy bed. Ava asked the boy the same question she had asked him the first day her first kiss had awakened him. 
Tell me who you are. I am Aster. I know that, Eva said, laying her hand on the boy's shoulder. But that is only your name. I shall be as large as you are soon, Aster said, raising his star-like eyes to the moon as he spoke. When she is round, I shall be as tall as you are, Eva. Eva laughed. How do you know? It will be, because it must be. You are asked it, Ava said slowly, and I know how you came to me, but why did you come to me? You will know then. When? When the moon is round. Why not now? They will not let you. And with this answer, Ava was forced to be content. But every day they would stand side by side, and every day Aster grew taller and taller, and every day the moon grew broader and brighter. At last she rose, a rose-perfect orb to her station in the sky, and as Eva, awakened by the loud music, which told of her coming, sat up to see the wonder at the bright light she had cast. Aster came quietly behind her, laying his hands on her shoulders, said, Look at me, Eva. The day has come, and I am as tall as you are. Eva sprang to her feet. As she did so, Aster put his arm around her, and she saw that there was now no difference in their size. They were exactly the same size. And strange to say, his clothes had grown with him, and their rich, soft velvet fitted him now as perfectly as it had when Ava first took him, small and helpless, from the crest of the golden fountain. I can tell you now who I am, the beautiful boy said, for today they cannot silence me. This one day when I can be my own self again. You ought know, Eva, without my telling you, and you would know if you were like me, but you are not as I am. Why not? Ava asked in surprise. Because you were only a little earth maiden. Ava laughed. What is that? She had wholly, as we know, forgotten the past. I cannot tell you, Aster said slowly. I only know what they told me about you. And that? I do not know. But you are not like me, Eva. We are very different. Look at your dress and then at mine. In truth, here, there, which upon the rich velvet of Aster's dress, were soils and stains, while not a spot discolored the pure white Eva wore. Now do you see? Aster asked. You know that we are in the shadow land, and it can only affect things which are like itself. It cannot harm you or deceive you. Do you believe here? Do you belong here? No, Aster said. I came from there, pointing to the round full moon above their heads. I wish I was there again. Why don't you go back then? I can't unless you help me. They who sent me here say so. They did send you here. 
Because up there pointing to the moon, I lost my flower, and everything which is lost there falls into Shadowland, and everything which is lost in Fairyland falls into the Enchanted River, and so sent me here to find it again, because a prince cannot live there without his flower, and I cannot find it unless you help me. Now you know who I am, Ava, the Moon Prince. Now you know who I am, Ava, the Moon Prince, Aster. Then must I say Prince Aster? No, to you, I am only Aster. And I know that it will be hard for you to find the flower. For I cannot help you or tell you what it is like. I know that the green frog had hidden it and you are the only person who can help me to find it. And then you must give it to me. They say we shall have trouble, but we will find it at last. When my punishment for losing it is over, tomorrow we must leave this place, for after this moon the moss will be gone. You know where to go then. No, I only follow you. I have no power here. You will have to take care of me. And then Aster began to sing, and this was the song which he sung. Till my flower bloom again, we may seek yet seek in vain. Till tis plucked by Eva's hand, we must roam through Shadowland. Only this does Aster know, through hard trials he must go. Eva's hand must guide him on, till his flower again be won. She must wander far and near, led by longs he may not hear. Should she lose me from her hand, who's my fate in Shadowland? Worse, my fate in Shadowland. Then Aster threw himself down on the soft moss at Eva's feet. But when she asked him where he had learned the words of the song, he could not tell her. Just then a cloud came over the face of the moon, hiding her from their sight. And as the darkness came over everything, only leaving for a moment the pale earth light, it seemed to Eva that there were faces looking at her, peeping from behind every tree and then a light breeze sprang up, just moving the flowers, and from the bell of one of them seemed to come some words all in verse, for in fairyland and in shadowland, people seldom speak prose as we do. O'er this spot do they have power, not here groweth Aster's flower. Wander, Eva, wander on, till they hand the prize hath won. Then the breeze died away, and the voice was silent, and even saw that Aster was asleep, and frightened at the faces which made grimaces and mocked at her. More angrily she thought, on account on the warning the flower had sung. She touched him to awaken him, and as she did so, the cloud passed from the face of the moon, and as once more her pure clear light returned, 
The ugly, threatening faces vanished and Aster awoke. But when Eva tried to tell him of what she had seen and heard during his short sleep, she could only say these words. Moss shall harden into stone. Faces mock you over the sand. Leading Aster by the hand, from this spot you must be gone. Then Aster laughed because Eva declared that these were not the words which the flower had spoken. Yet every time that she tried to recollect and repeat them, she could only say the same thing over again. Then she began to try and tell him about the faces. And when she began to speak of them, suddenly the full moon sank from the sky and all was dark. And then a strange drowsiness came over the children. And even Aster, nestled in each other's arms, lay down to sleep upon the soft green moss, knowing that with the next moonrise, they must go forth in search of Aster's lost flower. Chapter 6 The Beginning of the Search when the two children after their sleep awoke to see the moon rise to her station in the sky, they were not surprised to find that her fair round proportions were already changed. But when Eva turned to Aster, she saw that he too was smaller than when they had lain down to rest, and she knew at once, almost as if she had been told, that the moon prince would be in future wax wane, as did the orb from which she had been banished. That this was part of his punishment, and now she understood why it was that Aster had said she would have to take care of him. But as she stood thinking of this, Aster suddenly touched her hand, and directly over the mossy bed, on which they had slept, and which had never been crushed by their weight, but was always fresh. Ava saw again the mocking faces which had disturbed her the night before, but only for a moment, and then they were gone. Even she looked and saw that the soft green moss began to shrivel, dry up, and crumble away, as though... In a fire, a moment later it was all gone, and its place was a heap of rough sand and stone, instead of the velvety moss and the vine with its scarlet berries. The faces have done it, Eva said, clasping Aster's hand tightly as she watched the rapid change. The faces, Aster said scornfully. Ava, you were dreaming. There were no faces there. I saw them, Ava began, but Aster interrupted her. I tell you, Ava, you saw no faces. There was nothing there. I told you that the moss would be gone the next time that the moon rose, and you see, I told you the truth. We must leave this place. Where shall we go? I don't know. I cannot stay here. What did the flower say to you, Eva? 
When soft moss shall change to stone, from the spot you must be gone. Even as Aster spoke, Eva saw a faint little path at her feet, like that which she had first followed. Looking back, wishing it might lead her again to the pleasant little brook, and that she might return to it, instead of going on into the forest, she saw that the sand and stone had grown into a huge wall, or rather a mound, over which she never could have climbed, and which would prevent her return. And if Aster had her thoughts, he said to her, There is no going back, Ava. We can only go forward. Aster's words were true. The wall of stone, which a few among had been enough to build up behind them, seemed to come closer and closer, and though to shut them out from the place where they had been, and clasping Aster's hand tightly, Ava and the boy walked slowly on, in the little path which lay before them. For days the two went on walking while the moon shone, and sleeping when her light was hid. At each moonrise they were awakened by the strains of music, which as the moon waned, grew sadder and more mournful, while the accompanying her setting became at last a low sad moaning and each day she grew smaller and in sympathy with her Aster seemed to dwindle and wane and he became more helpless till at last when the moon was reduced to a thin crescent the little prince was once more as small as he was when Eva first received him yet though all these changes the two went slowly on through the dark forest, which opened on either side of the path, and let them pass, and closed again behind them. Were they thirsty? Were they sure to find some tiny spring, issuing as a wishing from the earth? Were they hungry? Some wild fruit or berry was always to be found. But not once did Eva leave the path. What it was that kept her in it, she could not tell, except that every time she felt the slightest desire to go into the forest, she saw the same hateful faces which had peeped at her for the first time when the cloud had passed over the face of the full moon, and which had mocked at her from above some mossy bed when it had been turned into the stony wall which had forced them to go forward and she thought they forbade her to go near them but Aster in spite of all her efforts to detain him in the path would sometimes run away from her saying he saw some beautiful flower which he must gather or else some sweet child face which smiled upon him, but each time that he did this, he was sure to hasten back to Eva, saying that either thorns had pierced or else nettles stung him, and then he would hide his face in the folds of Eva's white dress.
trembling and saying that they were there and had frightened him. Still, Eva could never find out from the boy who they were. For Aster, though he sometimes tried, could not tell her. It seemed as if he was not allowed to speak, and the child began to think that the faces which haunted her, and they of whom Aster so often spoke, were only different manifestations of the same power, which seemed to follow them whenever they went, seeking an opportunity to hurt them, although yet no harm had been done. Once before Aster grew so small, Ava asked him why it was they were thus followed. It is not you that they are following. They would not do me harm if I were to fall into their hands, but I am safe while you keep me. You are beyond their reach. But though Aster knew this, it seemed to Eva that he dared and tried to put himself in the power of they, whom he seemed to dread, for it was only when the faces looked at her from behind tree or shrub that Aster desired to leave her, and only then that he spoke that they always frightened him back to her side. He never alluded to the flower they saw, only once when Eva asked him what it was like he said to her, I cannot describe it to you. You will know it when you see it. Now shall I know it? Ava asked. How shall I know it? Ava asked. You will know it when the time comes. But though Ava looked carefully for the flower, she never saw it. There were flowers through among the path, but the right one was not to be seen. She did not know. How could she, that the search was only begun, and not till after long wanderings and many troubles to Aster would she be able to find him the flower which he had lost, and without which he could never regain his home. Thank you all for listening. If you enjoy the podcast and it helps you sleep and brightens your day, Please consider becoming a patron of the show for as little as a dollar a month at KnoxBedtimeStories.com and click on the Patreon link or Patreon.com forward slash KnoxBedtimeStories. There are various rewards and it ensures that the show will be here every Monday for a long time to come. I wish you all a good night's sleep and a happy peaceful life. Good night.